0: This Day in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show that digs deep into history to find a new gem every day. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're talking about the biggest, most sparkly diamond ever found— including how it was transformed into a set of jewelry fit for a queen. The day was January 26, 1905. A 3,106-carat diamond was discovered at the Premier Mine in Pretoria, South Africa. It was found just 18 feet below the Earth's surface during a routine inspection by the mine superintendent, Frederick G.S. Wells. According to legend, the uncut stone was so ridiculously huge that Wells initially mistook it for common crystal and considered discarding it. Fortunately, he decided to take a second look and quickly realized that it was indeed a genuine diamond. In fact, it was the largest diamond ever found, a record that still stands to this day. Once Wells had decided against trashing the world's biggest diamond, he presented it to the mine's chairman, Sir Thomas Cullinan, and was awarded a $10,000 bonus for his discovery. From then on, it was known as the Cullinan Diamond in honor of the owner of the mine. The enormous, uncut stone measured just under 4 inches in length and 2 and a half inches in width. It weighed a little over 1 pound and 5 ounces, and was noted for its exceptional clarity as well as its unique blue-white color. The stone was first put on public display in the Standard Bank of Johannesburg, where visitors compared it to an oversized lump of barley sugar, albeit an incredibly expensive one. Several months after the discovery, the mine's owners decided to send the Cullinan diamond to London in hopes of finding a buyer. Of course, transporting such a high-profile precious stone was a risky prospect, so in order to deter would-be thieves, the premier mine company staged an elaborate ruse. They told the press that the diamond was being taken to London aboard an armored steamship, and would be watched by an armed guard for the duration of the voyage. However, the diamond aboard the steamship was actually a decoy. The real Cullinan diamond had simply been sent by registered mail. The owners wrapped the priceless stone in an unassuming package, slapped on a three-shilling postage stamp, and crossed their fingers that it wouldn't get lost in the mail. To their immense relief, the diamond arrived safely in London, but finding a buyer proved more difficult than expected. The stone was still in its rough state, and many potential buyers were put off by the responsibility and difficulty of cutting and cleaning such a massive rock. After two years on the market, the stone remained unsold. When it was clear that no private buyer was interested, the diamond was finally purchased by the Transvaal government, for 150,000 pounds, the equivalent of over 18 million pounds, or 21 million dollars, today. Transvaal is now a province of South Africa, but at the time, it was still a British colony, the very one in which the Cullinan diamond had been discovered. Once the government took possession of the diamond, the Prime Minister decided to give it to King Edward VII of England as a present for his 66th birthday. It was intended as a kind of peace offering between Britain and South Africa following the recent conclusion of the Second Boer War between the two nations. King Edward was reluctant to accept such an extravagant gift, but he was eventually persuaded to accept it by his colonial undersecretary, Winston Churchill. The diamond was escorted by police to Sandringham House in Norfolk where it was presented to the king on his birthday November 9, 1907. Early the next year, King Edward decided it was finally time to cut the rough diamond into a series of brilliant gemstones. There was no one better suited for the considerable challenge than the renowned Asher brothers of Amsterdam, the leading diamond cutters of the early 20th century. Once again, some crafty subterfuge was used to transport the diamond safely. The Royal Navy pretended to ferry the stone across the North Sea, when in reality, Abraham Asher simply took a train from London to Amsterdam while carrying the diamond in his coat pocket. When it arrived at the jeweler's studio, experts spent several weeks considering the best approach for cutting it. The groove for the first cut, Took four days to prepare, and when Joseph Asher attempted to make it, the steel cleaving knife broke on the very first blow. A second attempt was made on February 10, 1908, and this time Asher managed to split the stone in two, though when he did so, he reportedly fainted from nervous exhaustion. Over the next eight months, a three man team of specialists worked for 14 hours a day to cut out and polish nine large gemstones from the original diamond. Known more for their technical skill than their creativity, the Ashers assigned each stone the name of Cullinan plus a Roman numeral from 1 to 9. The largest of the stones, Cullinan 1 and 2, were formally presented to King Edward on November 21, 1908, just a little over a year after he had first received the original diamond. The larger of the two, Cullinan I, is nicknamed the Star of Africa. At 530 carats, it's the largest colorless-cut diamond in the world, and was later fitted in the royal scepter of the British crown jewels. The second largest stone, Cullinan II, is known as the second or lesser star of Africa, and comes in at a hefty 317 carats. It was later set in the Imperial State Crown, which is still used at the coronations of British monarchs. Both the crown and the scepter are now on public display in the Jewel House inside the Waterloo Barracks of the Tower of London. As for the other seven Cullinan diamonds, Edward VII initially took only two of them. The other five were given to the Ashers as a fee for cutting the original rough stone. In addition, the jewelers were also allowed to keep another 96 smaller diamonds, which were cut from the original Cullinan piece, as well as nine carats worth of unpolished fragments. Not a bad haul for eight months' work. Eventually, the South African government reacquired the five large stones left with the Ashers and presented them to Queen Mary in 1910, as a way to mark the formation of the Union of South Africa that same year. That means that all nine Cullinan diamonds are back under British ownership. Cullinan 1 and 2 remain in the Tower of London when not in use, but the other seven, Cullinan 3 through 9, are part of the personal jewelry collection of Queen Elizabeth II, who inherited them from Queen Mary in 1953. Of course, if jewelry's not your thing, you can always visit the Cape Town Diamond Museum in South Africa. They have a life-size replica of the uncut Cullinan diamond, and some would say it's just as impressive as any fancy crown or scepter. Although, if you get there and find that you don't agree, Try to keep it to yourself. No need to be rude. I'm Gabe Lusier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at ThisDay@iheartmedia.com. at iheartmedia.com.